Hello, hello. Welcome to the American Girl podcast, a podcast that's more of a love letter to our beautiful country by taking a look at how serious the influence of culture and politics have become. So many amazing podcasts have come out of this studio as well. Um, Definitely Dying, a hypochondriac's favorite. Two beers in, a tipsy pop uh, political roundtable, and of course the official UCB digital podcast. So no pressure at all. Um, So much pressure. (laughs) It is so surreal. Also, I have a sound engineer. I just want to introduce him, Anosh. Hey, Soma. (laughs) Thanks for being here. Yeah, it's kind of crazy because I'm used to like, you know, recording my bathtub. So it's like, oh... (laughs) Hello. We have a bathtub if you want to <laughs> move locations. Uh, yeah, I know. Just keep that environment, yeah. that homey environment. Be comfortable. Um, and I'm excited because I do have a guest co-host today, my friend Florence May. Hey. <laughs> Florence, or Flo, as I like to gen- Flo's fine. Like Progressive Flo. flow. <laughs> um, um, well, I was thinking Flojo, more of like the icon, Olympic icon. Okay. But... Um, Tell us who you are before we start. So, um, I was actually born in the Philippines. Okay. So, Filipino. My throat. <laughs> I have all the time. But um, anyways, I moved here like 2002, didn't know English at all, didn't know anything about the American culture at all. Wow. So, everything's also new to me. Learned English as my third language. And now I'm in L.A. Moved to L.A. like four years ago. Okay. Yeah. Trying to pursue whatever dream I have. Wow, that is amazing. Um, wow, 2002. Yeah. That's I, like 19 years ago, right? Yeah, not 19. Oh, 17. 17. Let's, <laughs> let's learn math. I guess, you know. 17, yes. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> That's okay. a while. It is. Yeah. Um, well, you seem very American. So, really? American. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this podcast is, you know, a lot has happened since I last recorded. Our government was shut down for 35 days, right. which spanned the holidays. So our president basically put the safety of our country at risk by not um, paying TSA agents, forest rangers, museum employees. And that's among the 800,000 other go- government employees. Right. And this is all for that dumbass wall. <laughs> Now, I think, okay, so we're just jumping into the political part of it. Um, Mind you guys, I don't really know anything about politics. Neither do I. And (laughs) and that's the thing is, like, I don't know if it's, like, a sign of me growing up or if it's just, like, as you get older, you realize how much politics does play into your life. Right. Um, But you realize, like, okay, this is hurting everyone, especially, like, well— politics in general and so when this president donald trump decided to shut down the government um he said he would take full responsibility he said it like he would take responsibility for shutting it down if he didn't get funding for his wall right and i just want to point out so i've been saying for the longest time politics is literally um, okay, I'm not going to say I said it. I read it somewhere. But politics, and I've taken it on as my mantra, but politics is literally like Hollywood. It's just a soap a- right. operatic, except it's with ugly old people. Um, <laughs> More money. Yes. And I just want to point out, if I'm just giving a quick update on what happened with the shutdown. And, and basically, it's very, I want to say, Shakespearean or even Gossip Girlish of how... Um, Donald Trump wanted, he had the shutdown to help to basically demand funding for his wall. Right. Now, in the meantime, you have Robert Mueller, who is part of the special counsel um, for the United States uh, Department of Justice. And he basically is looking into if Donald Trump and his administration colluded with the Russians to hijack 
the 2016 elections. And in doing so, he had hired this operative, this GOP operative, Roger Stone. And I don't know if you guys have known this, but like I, Roger Stone has apparently been around for the longest time, just behind the scenes, like in the dark. He's like very close to Trump. Yeah, he was very close to Trump. And I didn't know this till I saw the documentary on Netflix, Get Me Roger Stone. But he is a shifty, slippery snake, you know? Yeah. And even, I guess he's like worked with the GOP. He has a tattoo of Nixon on his back, which is really weird. And (laughs) there's one element of the documentary that's kind of freaky is that he basically is bisexual. There's nothing against that, but he uses like his sexuality, the orgies that he would have to basically blackmail the politicians and like the people that were invited to these parties to be like, okay, now I have something on you. Wow, I had no idea. Yeah. So he's like slippery and very like shady in like every sense of the word. Trickster, yeah. Trickster, yes. That's the word that they keep using. Well, going back to this wall. You know, Trump was like, if I don't get this funding, I'm going to shut down the government. I'm taking responsibility for it. So in the meantime, Robert Mueller was like, this dude, Roger Stone, has a hand in you colluding with Russia. And everyone keeps like every time I talk about this, like investigation with Mueller, they're like, why don't they just go straight for Donald Trump? And it's like actually like if you know your gangster films, like you have to get the foot soldiers before you get the head of the snake. And so that's what's happening. And Roger Stone unfortunately, is one of his foot soldiers that did some of the dirty work. It turns out he had some contact with WikiLeaks. Like, he knew that um, he was trying to get in contact with Julian Assange. And, okay, forgive me, guys, if I'm also saying this wrong. I This is so much information. I've A have lot. no degree <laughs> in political science whatsoever, <laughs> and I'm still trying to figure out what's happening with this country. And I feel like because of my intelligence level on this— and I'm sure, like, I'm I'm pretty much, like, probably, like, like any other American who just, like, knows but doesn't know that much. And right. it's, like, easy to, for, like, the government to take advantage of that, especially, like, now that the new political, uh, the primaries or whatever, we're in a new uh, campaign cycle all over again. Roger Stone was in contact with WikiLeaks and trying to get in contact with Julian Assange to have them hack into the Democrats' emails and, like, hack into it and, I guess, leak it to everyone. Well, that's illegal. And so Robert Mueller had him had him indicted at on January 25th at approximately 6 a.m. East Coast time. And he indicted him for lying to the House Intelligence Committee about being in contact with WikiLeaks. And I think it's important that we understand he hasn't been charged with anything criminal as of yet, but it's mostly about communicating with an organization to hack into and leaking these uh, Democratic emails. But Yeah, so basically making, like, false statements. Yeah, false statements. But you're lying. Like, if you're lying under oath, you're lying under oath. Roger Stone, to get further into it, I really wanted to watch that documentary initially before he had gotten indicted um get me roger stone on netflix um i tried watching it i fell asleep i know i don't like it's a lot it's a lot but like his face roger stone's face alone gave me like the uh uh-oh feeling because he literally looks like the he looks like the villain from who framed roger rabbit the cartoon that wore a human mask (laughs) but was also like i think part of like the nazis which Honestly, is not too far from who Roger Stone is because Roger Stone is said to have ties with like the alt right group, the Proud Boys. Mm -hmm. It's just in the documentary, the I guess like the producer asks him, What do you feel about people who hate you? And he says, I relish in it. I relish in the fact that people hate me because if you hate me, it means I'm doing something right. Because if I wasn't, if I wasn't doing anything wrong, you wouldn't know who I am. Right. And, to me, it's disgusting because, like, even when Roger Stone, like, he posted bail, he's walking out of the courthouse, he's, like, putting up his, like, two fingers, he's Richard Nixon, and it's it's all optics. Like, he's, like, relishing in the anarchy he's a, he's causing, you know? I'm surprised he didn't run for president himself. But but you think how it is. I realize the people who are more in power are the ones who are behind the Behind scenes. it. 
Because right. you can use whoever you want in place <clears throat> of president as a puppet. Right. Makes um, sense. You know, like people yeah. said that about President Bush, uh, W. Bush, that Dick Cheney was actually the one pulling all the strings. In this case, with this president, with Donald Trump, like I think Pence is like... I mean, I think Pence is going to go down, too. People told me, like, oh, no, if Donald Trump is impeached or resigned, like, it goes straight to the vice president. We know that from, obviously, social studies. But I do think that turning a blind eye or not saying anything is just as guilty as committing the crime. Right. So I'd like to have more trust and belief in the U.S. justice system. So we'll see how that plans out. Going back to this wall situation so this is how it gets like gossip girl homie donald trump shut down the government kept demanding the money kept blaming the democrats they're not giving us money so that's why i can't open up the the government but then robert Mueller indicted roger stone and homeboy freaked out he opened up the government but he never got the money for the wall so, baby, you ain't never getting this wall now. Nancy Pelosi conned the con man. To me, like, that's... That's, that's good. That's No, that's gangster. Like, that is. <laughs> and is it... It's not even Shakespeare. I can't even say if it's Shakespearean or if it's Roman, but it's, like, one of those, oh, this is what it means to have war tactics. <laughs> and it's just it's just mental how, like, he's not... Donald Trump not only starved out his supporters by doing this shutdown, but he also, by opening the government without getting the wall like he also made his like staunch supporters hate him too like ann coulter the wonderful wicked witch of the right she called him the biggest wimp for Mm. opening it up and when he opened up the wall the government to distract from roger stone's indictment which to me proves how he's like honestly a textbook narcissist who literally will do anything to save his ass. Right. No matter how selfish it is. Yeah. I don't know. This is so crazy. It's- Girl, you got my mind like <laughs> on a. It's this. There's so much information you just like told me about that I never knew. Yeah. And it's like, I, I get mad at this because it's okay. I. Why I think it's my American right to just be stupid. Like, let me watch my right. Kardashians. Let me watch <laughs> my Real Housewives. Let me watch my Sailor Moon cartoons and not worry about politics. And now it's no, even like it's coming up on if you watch Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, like they're going to be talking about the Brett Kavanaugh hearings. And it's like, ladies, I just want to know why Dorit <laughs> thought she could give away a dog from Vanderpump Rule oh uh, dogs without Lisa knowing. That's all I want to know. But let's talk about more fluffy stuff. The Academy Awards. Let's segue into Hollywood since we're in Beverly Hills now talking about Real Housewives. Um, what did you think of the Academy Awards? To be honest, I actually didn't even watch it. But why not? not <laughs> okay. I need you to be more proactive. Um, you did not tell me to do this. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> That's your fault. Okay. So, all right. We, so could, the- we could, I could do my research. Don't trip. <laughs> So the Academy Awards came and went, and they didn't have a host this year because of um, Kevin Hart. Um, he said he apologized, but I think he apologized after the fact for making like heinous homophobic comments. And quite honestly, um, words matter. And right. so, <laughs> like, I think you know when you think about how many crimes have been committed um, and how many murders have been committed of innocent. LGBTQ community members, it's like, okay, your words do matter. Because, like, the, right. the tweet that Kevin Hart got in trouble for, and I'm paraphrasing, was basically if he came home he and saw his son playing with a, a dollhouse, he'd break the dollhouse over his head. I mean, I don't I don't know how that's funny. Hmm, that's not. You and I, anyone in our in the millennial generation, we've had friends who who grew up gay, who were either scared about it. You know, there are some of the right. few that had a loving home that, like, that was okay. Like, they loved them from the beginning. But, I mean, me growing up in North Carolina, I know people who were, like, scared about it, you know? Yeah. And I remember the first time I went to a gay club with my friends. Like, it was a drag show. I had so much fun, and I saw <clears throat> some of my classmates there. 
And it was like the next day, like when I saw them, it was almost they just did a polite smile and it was kind of, right. I know you know, but please don't say anything. I think it's harder. Like it depends your culture. I would say for Asians, at least, I feel like my dad, if he found out, like if my brother was gay, if he found out, I feel like he'd get mad in the beginning, but he'd just be over it. You know? Yeah. Like, I mean, for, for like me being Indian and being Muslim, I think now it's, remember like growing up, it was very conservative. I was told it's just not, imp it's physically impossible to be Muslim and gay, you know? I mean, I remember like they just cancel each other out. <laughs> and it was like, wait, what? I was always baffled by that. But now I remember I read an article about uh, a gay Muslim who said like, you know, I don't even feel I can talk to God. Because mm. like been told I'm I'm a sin because of what I like, and to me, for regardless of what religion, I think it's such a sin when on our community to have someone be like, I don't even feel like I can talk to God, you know, right. because of who <clears throat> I like. And to me, if I'm supposed to sit here and believe that God is the most loving, the most kind, the most accepting, and the most understanding, I refuse to believe that at the end of the day, if you were good to your parents, you were good to your family, right. you were good to your community, you were the best neighbor, you were kind to children, your children, you helped this community, I really refuse to believe that God is going to send you to hell because oh of where you want to put it. Get out of here. Right. But that being said, uh, words matter. So Kevin Hart was fired from being the host and I guess the Academy producers were scrambling for a host and then they just nixed the idea and honestly this year's Academy Awards was better without it. it yeah. It gave the winners more ample time to, to speak. Right. And you know I'm actually kind of surprised that Green Book won over A Star is Born because there was so much controversy about how <clears throat> the fact that the story was made up but it was like perpetrating like it was like a true story and um, I haven't seen Green Book, but Star is Born. I actually, yeah, like I really, really thought Star was born because yeah. there was also like the um, controversy, the scandal with Bohemian Rhapsody because it was directed mm. by Brian Singer, and like there are allegations of him being basically a pedophile. Oh, and okay. So like his name was dropped from like they didn't even I didn't know he was the director till like it started getting like award nominations and like award season started building up. And so Bohemian Rhapsody kind of like lost out on that. Yeah. Because of that scandal, but then the Academy turned around and picked Green Book. So it's like Oh, okay. Green Book was like the the vice president one. No, no, that was that the one was, where it oh. was about um, a black musician. Like in the sixties, oh, they yeah, had the yeah. Green Book where in like the car. Yeah, where it was like okay. you had um, areas in the South where that were okay for black people to go without being persecuted. Mm. Um, I gotta watch it. Yeah, no, I mean, I think, like, that story is a story that needs to be told. I just get mad when it's, like, don't tell me it's true when it's a lie. You know, <laughs> like, <Right>. okay. <clears throat> um, but this year there was a lot of firsts. There, um, Ruth E. Carter became the first black costume designer to win an Oscar. Um, Hannah Belcher for Best Production, and both of them won for Black Panther, mm. which was also nominated for Best Picture. And I had one of my friends... Um, who was married to a Disney exec told me that it's slowly becoming like the Academy Awards are becoming an award show for people who are already in, you know? So that's why Black Panther wouldn't have won because the fans that would have voted for it right. aren't part of the Academy. And it's kind of sad because like, I do think Black Panther kind of like changed the game. It made a billion within like three weeks. It's a all black <laughs> cast, um, except for Morgan Freeman and then, uh, Morgan Freeman or Martin Freeman? <laughs> I was like, Morgan the, the Freeman. The CIA black? Oh my god, yeah. Oh my god. I was like, he's black. Oh my god. Um, I'm a dis. So there were a lot of firsts this year, regardless. So even though like it had all that controversy, you had um, Ruthie Carter win for best. Um, she was the first black costume designer for Black Panther, Hannah Belcher for best production, Hershella Ali. One um, best, he was the first black actor to win an Oscar for best supporting actor in two years mm, in a nice. row. So that's like a big deal. Yeah. Um, and then Lady Gaga was on her way. Yes. She's on her way to becoming an EGOT. I thought she was, and I was telling everyone, I was like, oh my God, this is it. She's an EGOT. Um, that's Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, Tony winner. 
Um, and I was really spreading that misinformation because it turns out she hasn't been nominated for an Emmy or a Tony. It's a Golden Globe that she won for um, American Horror Story. So I was, I was re- really surprised, like, how well she acted. Yeah. Because she's, you know, a singer. But I think, like, A Star <clears throat> is Born is such a... It's a it's a classic story. Like, mm-hmm. there's literally every version of it comes out 10 years. Um, I've seen the porn one with Boogie Nights with Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> Wow. And um, it's uh, so, I mean, there's the one with Judy Garland and Barbara Streisand. I think the one that Judy Garland did that the, the one everyone should look. At. I think there's even like a Bollywood. Oh my version gosh, of it. girl! Yeah, um, and there's also like the same storyline, but just like a different title. <clears throat> um, but what did you think of the performance between Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga? Let me tell you something. Yo. Let me tell you something. If my if my man was on stage, because his baby yeah. mama was sitting right there, front row, like literally. <laughs> okay, here's the thing. As an actor, you know, like, okay, of course you wanna you wanna put that chemistry out there. It's right. part of the story. It's part of the song. It's part of their characters. But but Irina Shake, Bradley Cooper's baby mama, the next day after the Academy Awards unfollowed Lady Gaga on Instagram. Shut up. Yeah. So for me, it's how the heck did you know? Like, <laughs> I was like yeah. the blogs, the blogs. Uh-huh. Like, why? I mean, okay, pause. All the people that are on Instagram and stuff that like so and so unfollows, so so. I'm like, you are on it. Like, That's serious. Like, you're yeah. literally watching. Yeah. Like, and how are you watching these people's um, Instagram? Their follow and following counts. Um, yeah. <laughs> Insane. It's his job to shut that down. It's his job. Like, I'm not mad at Lady Gaga because, yeah. like, it takes two to tango. But I right. would fuck my boyfriend up or my baby daddy if he was acting like that. And homegirl's like, I'm in love. Like, being coy about being in love with Bradley Cooper. I'd be like, excuse me. Are you in love with Bradley Cooper or whatever his character's name is? <laughs> <laughs> Stars Born? Oh, my God. Yeah. That reminds me of, uh, didn't The Notebook... Um, when they won a, an award too, they did the same thing. I think they that was kissed the on stage. Movie awards, yeah. yeah. And he was with uh, Ryan Re- Reynolds. Was not Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Gosling was, Ryan with, Gosling. was with. Is with Ava right. Mendes at the time. But that's the thing. Like you never heard anything about it. Yeah. So obviously that's not our business. But I'd like to assume in that regards, like he, like she knows. Like you know, as an actor, as a performer, as an artist, when your significant other, who's also an artist in their own right, like there's nuances where you're like, okay, I could tell they're acting. Like there's a subtle look or facet that you're like, okay, I know they're not giving the same look that they give me. You know what I'm saying? So for me, I'm just, Bradley, this is on you. And they keep bringing up Lady Gaga and like Lady Gaga. And it's like, no, this is Bradley's. Yeah fault he should have shut that shit down earlier on and speaking of shutting shit down <laughs> let's talk kardashian yes okay. this chloe tristan kylie jordan drama i am shook okay do you think it's a publicity stunt or what the devil works hard but christian works harder but i want to like when up until i saw the red table talk with jordan I too, yeah i really did think but when she said and this was shade too on her part. She's like, I don't want your situation to be my situation. I was like, okay. Like, that's a pretty bold statement. I thought y'all were friends. Yeah. So, And for her to say, I don't want your situation to be my situation, she knew what was up. Initially when it came out, it was, it, this is dirty. This is so dirty, but still. At the end of the day, Tristan, you ain't shit. Like, yeah. this is your fault. Right. For you to knowingly go for your baby mama's little baby sister's best friend it's not like they're basically sisters now she lives with kylie she did she moved out the next day she got kicked out kicked out yes Yes. (laughs) she kicked out she was kicked out i mean let's put it out there first tristan thompson is trash i don't care how good the sex is it is not worth it it is not worth (gasps) it i do think that jordan did an incredible job when she was on the red tabletop um, talk. Let's let, okay. First of all, she played the Kardashians at their game. You're telling me the Kardashians, who have like such a huge hold on the media that's around them, they have such a huge um, hold on the narrative that they're able right. to put out through social media, through yeah, um, blogs. For her, for Jordan Woods to go on Jada Pinkett Smith's yep. show by herself, 
her mm-hmm. mom, Willow, weren't on it. Like Jada Pinkett's mom, Willow Smith, weren't on it. But then to also bring Will Smith on? Yeah. Talk about pulling out an ace card after an yeah. ace card. Will Smith, I'm not going to let this... Like, I love you, baby girl. Yeah. Like, you're my daughter. You're. It's like... so, And I thought she carried herself very, very well. Right. And... To me, it, I have sympathy because, like, you made a very, very detrimental mistake. I do think that there's more to the story. Correct. My other favorite podcast, I will say, Say Bible Podcast, which is about the Kardashian connoisseurs. Oh, my po- God. <laughs> they pointed out that um, Tristan Thomas is, like, Thompson is, like, 6'11". Jordan Woods is, like, give or take 5'8". There's no way that you're walking out the door that you don't see someone that tall is trying to go in for a kiss or even be right. like, have a, a, enough time to be like, hey, what, what are you what doing? What are you doing? Exactly. <laughs> like back up like, hey, so she look. wanted it to happen. She could have been left. I don't think she wanted it to happen. I think she, she was a little more complacent in it. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, oh, this happened. But I don't think this was just a kiss. Right. I'm just gonna put. I mean, she stayed over there till the sunrise. Yeah. So like, I think she omitted information because it really felt like the way like when you get in trouble for something, and your mom's like, okay, let me hear your side of the story. Like you know, your mom has your back, but you still want to say the right story. (laughs) You know. So I feel like when she was talking to Jada, like she told the story, but I think she was like. I don't think she was lying, but I think she definitely she omitted. missed out. Yeah, she left out a lot of information. Yeah. There's no, it's like, I could see why people would think I was giving him a lap dance. Like, that part, like... Why, wait, why are why we Why are talk- you sitting next to... Well, but also, why are we talking about um, the positioning of furniture? Like, that's weird. Right. A liar only... Only a liar comes up with all these intricate details. Whereas, like, someone who's telling you, she was like, I had my legs over. I can see, like, why that looked that way. You're telling me... You could have sat somewhere else. The food... Yeah, exactly. It's a rich house. Yeah. He has a lot of furniture, (laughs) I'm sure. This house is big enough, yeah. (laughs) Right. Um, And, but also, like, if, like, you were going to Bay's house... Like, I'm sure you'd be like, hey, Salma, I'm going over. Like, yes. Hey, hey, I'm a, I'm heading over. Like, we were at the bar and we're going over to right. his house afterwards. Where are you guys at? Are you guys going to come through? Or something like that, you know? So it's like. Yeah. Because that's your older sister. Like, you see Chloe as your sister yeah. now. Like, and, like, Chloe also did, like, a telling tweet where she's like, it hurts when you tell someone your pain. Oh, and, I saw that. Yeah. And it's like, and to me, like, even then, it's like girl code like that's even if this is all of course it's all allegations like if this is true then like that's even dirtier like that's right and if you're a mature woman you don't need to tweet her and like come at her yeah and that's the thing is like chloe like okay so during like the red table talk like chloe went crazy yeah i saw that yeah i don't blame her she's a new mom fresh it's being played out in the public i get it girl to girl it's chloe at the end of the day if it wasn't Jordan, it was going to be somebody else. Right. It sucks that it is Jordan. Correct. Like it's trash that it is Jordan. But at the end of the day, there's one common denominator, and it's always been Tristan. He he's sucks. he's the reason. He's all this shit is going on. I mean, I do think that Jordan, and of course, like Kylie's now put in a position that's like I'm sure this is fucked up for Kylie, mm-hmm. for Kylie, for for Kylie, <laughs> Kylie too. It's just right. That's like her best friend. Dang, they were best best. They went to Hawaii together yeah. without even yeah. Travis Scott to the point mm-hmm. where it's like. Wait, are you guys in love with each other? You know, she's basically the second mom of Stormy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've all been through that too, where we've had our high school. There comes that time when you realize your childhood friends aren't going to stay your childhood right. friends, and it sucks for Kylie. This, I mean, I think they will come back together in each other's lives, but it won't be as it was. You know, right? Like, I mean, I'd like to. It's think hard. That, yeah. No, it's hard trying to come back from something like that. Like, lose trust for chloe it, i hope she recognizes i hope like her and jordan also amend their friendship as well right um i I'm, think they will but she needs to drop tristan like. yeah well tristan today i just saw on tmz he's in new york because they're playing um the cavaliers are playing the brooklyn um he's trash Basura. <laughs> um, and he was with a girl, and like the girl was gorgeous. At this point, if you're hooking up with Tristan, you know what the deal is. You know, yeah. You know how he is. You know who he is. 
Right. You, know, you can't get anybody. You can't get mad at anybody except yourself. Yeah. You're putting like, yourself in that situation. It doesn't matter if you have a kid. You know what I mean? But yeah. yo, heal your heart and then make amends. Yeah. Like I like, think that's what it is. Is like, I hope everyone, except for Tristan, has their heart healed. <laughs> like <laughs> Tristan, you're trash. Ugh, he it's is. a mess. Back to politics. I forgot to bring up. Did you? You know about Michael Cohen, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't want to go too much into it. He confirmed everything we think about Donald Trump, or we know about Donald Trump, except now it's just under oath and right. on the record. So um, Michael Cohen, well, he's the ex-lawyer. Ex-lawyer. Yeah. For 10 Trump. years, mind you. Right. And it's just crazy. Donald Trump went from, he's an awesome lawyer, and then when he was indicted and had to sing like a canary, he's like, he's a crook, he's a liar, why would you believe yeah, everything he's saying? Yeah, but then there's proof, like the checks yeah. that were coming in every month. Which is wild to me. It is wild that Donald Trump thinks he has like the audacity to do what he did and get away with it. Right. You know? Right now, I think like the biggest thing is about how his son-in-law and Ivanka Trump both have intelligence clearing which, can you imagine if you found out that Malia and Sasha had intelligence clearance? Like, Clarence, like, I'm not, of course, like, these are babies compared to, like, right. Ivanka and Jared. Who are Ivanka and Jared that they need intelligence clearance? I don't even know them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, you, you guys were never in public office. Right. You, like, what are, like, there is no reason other than you want to be nosy and you want to use it to your advantage. But... I don't think that Donald Trump will be um, finishing his term, but I don't think he'll be impeached either. I honestly believe he he's... needs to be impeached. No, no, I think he's going to resign because they give you an mm. opportunity. I believe. Right. So to... it's like he has the power still if he does resign. Yeah. He, and I think it's more so he's been impeached by resigning. It's kind of you've been impeached but pardoned. Mm. That sort of thing, which is still trash. I feel like he's the type of guy who's going to resign and then be like, I resigned because you guys didn't appreciate me right. as president. He'll turn it around and try to be exactly. like... Exactly. Still have the power. Yeah, but it's it's also scary, too, because like I do... It, the, the room's closing in on him. He is mm-hmm. like... The, something, something is going to happen to right. him regardless. All his shit is coming out. Yeah, and it's disgusting. We ha- I mean, we haven't even talked about what is the reason for ripping about, apart these families at the border? You have right. thousands of children. And let's be honest, a lot these kids that were taken from these families that were here illegally, they didn't have papers. So even if they were... Even magic, you know, best case scenario, this moment in 10 minutes, like we were able to get all these kids and be like, all right, we can return you to your families. There's no way to do it. There literally is no way to do it because there's no paper. You have now traumatized a whole generation of children. Right. And the scary part to me is where are all the pictures of the girls? There's only like you see it's mostly prominently boys. There's another one of Donald Trump's cronies, Jeffrey Epstein, who's been arrested. I believe he's on trial, but he is in charge of he's being arrested for underage prostitution and when he was asked about donald trump if he saw donald trump in the presence of underage prostitutes he pled the fifth which means that i'm not going to say anything that will incriminate me right or someone else so it goes back to me thinking about these children at the border did you guys just steal these little girls and help the child sex ring in america Mm. there's robert stack i believe is his name the patriot owner or whatever that just got arrested for prostitution people were like sex working shouldn't be considered illegal yes that's correct but these women were held against their will and there were underage girls in that spa that was considered like where they all went for to get their there's just something about him and prostitutes yeah he like loves them yeah donald trump and it's like, I'm going into shock right now thinking about, like, where are these little girls? Yeah. Where are these little girls? That's crazy. And as an American, I'm so I'm so mad at us. I'm so disappointed in us as a nation that we... Here's the thing. With Donald Trump winning the election, let me try, try to be more open-minded about it. For a majority of the people who voted for him, I know I didn't think expect this to happen. Right. And I, I do believe that Trump was able to 
feed on a lot of majority of the people of this America of this country their fears it's easy to bait a country to be I can get you more security I can get you more jobs I can make I can help you know bring up more money and look at the others I'll make you better than them you right know? and it's a cycle like every every few years there's always one community that's vilified mm -hmm. and ostracized and made to look some sort of way then they do what they can they come up and then it's someone else. You yeah. Know? There's always something wrong. Yeah. Ugh, this world is like on fire. It's fucked up. This is why I try not to get involved <laughs> with politics because my head goes crazy. Yeah. But it's like, how can you not? Ugh. I know. You're like, right? <laughs> yeah. Just looking at your face, you have like hella information. Yeah, you just want to like, share it with everybody. It's, it's just wild. The thing is, like, I guess like the biggest thing that I hate about Donald Trump since he's been elected this there's just this like cloud of anger right and ignorance that it's like on everybody you know like he just cares about himself himself but then like people see that and it just trickled down effect like even if no one's consciously thinking about it we're, we've all become like a little more angrier as a nation right. you know there were more people are more lashing out more yeah you know? the whole wall thing that shit that's dumb. Yeah. Because the hardest working people, it's Mexicans, a lot, you know, Hispanics. Yeah. They're doing jobs that... That, that Americans wouldn't do. Some yeah. Americans wouldn't do because we're lazy. Yeah. <laughs> we're fucking lazy. And that's the thing. It's, you and I have both worked in the food industry. We've met so many people who have worked here illegally. And right. it's like when you talk to them, they're like, I'm sending money back to my family. Yes, exactly. And... A lot of these families are coming from a situation where there's violence in their hometowns, in their home cities. How can we be? Like, we've been so blessed by like how this country has been built by immigrants. Right. You know, for you, turn around. Kick those people out. Yeah. And ugh, look, this president is just ripping apart everything that the foundation of our country. You know, right. like, we, what is the statue? Like, yeah. who gave us the Statue of Liberty? You, you know, that was France. And then give me your huddled mask. What yeah. are we saying as a country? Like, it's just a disappointment. He's making us look bad. Yes. <laughs> to say that in the, in the most, that's probably the biggest understatement of the like, country right He's now. representing us and he's making us look bad. <sighs> But not for long, hopefully. So, March is Women's History Month. You know I love celebrating women. She loves women. <laughs> but don't make that sound sexual. <laughs> I love women. <laughs> I More so in the sense of there's not enough stories about us, about women. So I decided I wanted to tell you about different w American women who helped shape our country. For the longest time, I've wanted to do research on this woman named Yuri Kochiyama. She is an American civil rights activist of Japanese descent. And for this part, I use Wikipedia and the Densho Encyclopedia. <laughs> I just want to point out, there's a theme I like to address in my podcast, and it's called Assume Goodwill. Even if you or anyone else is, comes at me, I just want to assume that you're coming at a good... Right. The information you're telling me is not to be malicious. And like, right. if you say something wrong, or if I say something wrong, I would love to be corrected. I do feel if there's anything Donald Trump has taught us, it's... He's America's pimple. That's what he is. It's like we've always <laughs> known that this was a problem. Now we know where it is and now it's time to pop it. But it's also a learning experience for all of us, for every, you know, whether you're white, black, Asian. Yeah. It's a learning experience for all of us and how we address ourselves and each other. So that being said, let me tell you about Yuri Kochiyama. She was born May 19th in um, San Pedro. She's a Gemini. Oh, she is? I think so. That's a Gemini. In 1921 to Japanese immigrants. When I first started looking, trying to do research, they kept saying that her dad was fisherman, but it turns out that he was like a huge fishing merchant entrepreneur. Yeah. And he was part of the Japanese American elite society. Let's pause on that. So she was born in 1921. There was a time in America, the Asian community had like an elite society. You know, um, the black community had Black Wall Street. It's crazy. These are communities came up with nothing. Right. Made something out of it. Right. And then, of course, like, the government comes in. And, and screws it all up. Yeah. And puts you in prisons and shit. Yeah, exactly. So her dad, Sai Chai, um, he was a huge fishing merchant entrepreneur. Back in the day, he knew the who's who of, like, the Japanese mm -hmm. society and the American society. Right. Um, her mom was college educated. 
She and she stayed at home, and it said that she gave uh, piano lessons occasionally. <laughs> so Yuri lived in a very affluent, comfortable life, and it was a prominently white neighborhood in San Pedro, California. She went to her Presbyterian church regularly, and that I've seen that kind of plays a theme in her life throughout. Just how how Christian she was. She was very aware of her privilege to the point where she would have her parents drop her off a block or two away from school because she didn't want her classmates to see the cars that they had which is really commendable, actually. Yeah. She wasn't a shrinking violet in class. Uh, she was the first female student council vice president in her high school. She wrote the sports column in the local newspaper for the San Pedro News Pilot. And she went to college at Compton Junior College, where she had a major in English and a minor in art. I bring this up because they both came to influence like her a huge civil rights activist she actually wanted to just settle down and have babies yeah but this all changed on december 7th 1941 when three fbi agents came her family had just come home from church and three fbi agents knocked down her door they took her dad who had just come home from ulcer surgery and they accused her father of being a spy Simply mm. because he was uh, shipping, a uh, fresh, freshing, fishing, shipping, a fisherman merchant that had business out of the shipping ports of San Pedro, and he entertained a lot of like the Japanese shipping officials. This is the part like that disgusts me because he was an entrepreneur because he had money. They came after him, right? So they're just assuming shit. There's three strikes that the FBI claim they had against him. One was that five years before, in the 1938, her dad had donated money to the Japanese Navy Association. And there was a Japanese naval officer who had been charged with espionage in 1941. And because her father had donated, his name was amongst the papers. So the FBI was like, okay, your name was on the spies list. All because he made a donation. Right. The second one was her dad had declined a visit from his childhood friend, Kichisa uh, Buru Nomura. I'm sorry. I know I'm repeating part of that name. He happened to be the Japanese ambassador in charge of negotiating peace with the U.S. throughout 1941. Now, this was her her dad's childhood friend, and he had declined mm -hmm. a visit. The FBI used that as a reason. Right. And then the third one was just the fact that her dad was in charge of the San Pedro and the Central Japanese Association of South Carolina, of South Carolina, South, South Southern California. None of this proved that her dad was a traitor. None of this. Yeah. Like the fact that his name showed up in the spies list because right. he made a donation, because he was in charge of like the Japanese American associations. The fact that he was friends with the ambassador from Japan. These are nothing. The FBI released him on January 20th, 1941. He died the next day. Wow. Because he didn't get medical attention from recovering. And then less than a month later, President Franklin Delano Roosevelt signed the executive order 9066. The executive order that authorized the Secretary of War. To bomb, yeah. To not bomb. To prescribe certain areas as military zones. So this cleared the way to incarcerate Americans of Japanese... German and Italian descent. So that's where the internment camps come. Right. I didn't know that there were German and Italian Americans that were also interned in these camps. Um, they actually interned like around 3,000. I'm sorry. Uh, they, sorry, there's no number for this, but like they interned Jewish refugees from Germany. Can you imagine that? Because, like, the U.S. didn't know how to differentiate between ethnic Jews and ethnic Germans. And the term Jewish was defined as a religious practice, not an ethnicity at the time. Can you imagine you flee, you flee Germany because you're being persecuted from your religion right. because of your religion? And then to turn around and the U.S. be like, oh, you happen to be from the same country as the Nazis. Surprise. So you, yeah. We locking you in. I, they call them concentration camps. So, like, forgive me, listeners, if I'm saying it wrong. I want to say they're internment camps because... When I think of concentration camps, I think of like Auschwitz, where they purposely were killing people. I don't know if that was the plan with these camps, these internment camps, but there were 10 altogether in our country, two um, in both the states of California and Arkansas, one in Utah, Colorado, Wyoming, Washington, Idaho, and Oregon, which literally is <laughs> like who goes out to those states. Right. <laughs> 
Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, that's really offensive. I apologize. I know these. I know Colorado, Wyoming, Utah. You guys are beautiful. I've never been. You should visit. That was like Alaska before you die. That sort of thing. <laughs> so, President Roosevelt he forced out approximately 120,000 Americans of Japanese descent from the Pacific Coast, and he relocated them at various camps in the U.S. And so Yuri and her mother and her brother were, quote-unquote, evacuated to converted horse stables at the Santa Anita Assembly Center um, before being moved to the War Relocation Authority internment camp in Jerome, Arkansas, where they lived there for three years. Um, I just want to point out, like, these weren't even, like, regular camps to live in. Like, these were former horse stables. Do you know who George Takai is? No, girl. Flo, first of all, you are Asian American. You should know who George Takai is. He was the Asian officer on on Star Trek. He's a big deal. <laughs> he he talks about how when when the uh, when the government came for his family as well because they're Japanese American. Like they also stayed in these horse stables. You know, I don't know. It just like makes me so sad. These were Japanese Americans who. We're American by every, you know, like, they helped this country. They helped build this country with, like, the eco- economics and, like, social structure of who we are. The con- the government turns around and is like, no, you happen to be guilty or you could be guilty. So we're, yeah, we're, we're going to take you. Yeah. Um, she, so despite, like, her dad Dying. basically being killed yeah. by the government not helping she really didn't become like a huge activist until she was actually in these camps. She was in an all Japanese environment. She just like did what she could to keep busy to the point right. like people remember her being uh, amongst like the young women that would welcome the new arrivals. I believe she even organized like her Sunday school. She has Sunday school in these camps and they were called like the teens, uh, the crusaders. And they would write to Nisai soldiers. And I had to look up what Nisai means, but it comes from Nisai comes from like the in Japanese the word for two. So it's like second generation. So you wouldn't be Nisai. You would be like Ichi, which is like first, like the first generation. Mm-hmm. I would be Nisai because my parents are American who came or Indian who came to America. There were soldiers, Nisai, they call them Nisai soldiers. Yeah. They were basically Japanese Americans who were second generation that were able to join the um, army and help fight for this country in 19, I want to say 1942 or 43. She didn't, the whole seeds of her becoming an activist didn't really start until she realized like she's in this all Japanese environment. She was known to like help welcome new arrivals. Teens had a group called the Crusaders and they would write to the Nisai soldiers. The soldiers dispersed amongst all the different um, concentration camps around the U.S., the internment camps. It's said that one of the crusaders remembered how Yuri's kindness and activities helped offset her deep loneliness. Her gradual awareness of social problems were mixed with ambivalence about being subjugated to racism, and she wrote in her diary, but not until I myself actually come up against prejudice and discrimination will I really understand the problems of the Nisai, the second generation. While she was an intern, she also met her husband, Bill Kochiyama. And after he actually went off to go fight the war, World War II. And then when the war was over, they got married in 1946 and they moved to New York in 1948. And they had six kids. Six kids. Can you wow. imagine? Billy, Audie, Achi, Eddie, Jimmy, and Tommy. And Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and they lived in public housing for 12 years. And in 1960, Yuri and her husband, um, they moved to Harlem, where they joined the Harlem Parents Committee and Congress of Racial Equality. Mm-hmm. So I think this is, I mean, of course. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot. I know. They were really active in community service. Yeah. And um, particularly supporting Japanese and Chinese American soldiers who were on their way now to the Korean War. Which is like, oh my god, we just finished one war, another war starting. Yeah. And every Friday and Saturday night, they opened their home for like social gatherings, and they would have like actually like a few hundred people come in, crammed in, and um, 
they would just talk about like housing issues and whatnot. We forget like this is just like a meeting that they're having in their house, but like yeah. <laughs> the beginning of something big, you know. So in the 1960s, the civil rights movement started growing, right? And mm-hmm. Yuri was like obviously like her ears to the streets, so she knows what's happening. So she would have like these activists come and speak at her house, and um. They after they had joined the committee, they helped orga- like her and her husband helped organize school boycotts to demand quality education for inner city children. Yuri was also amongst the six hundred arrested for blocking the entrance of a construction site to demand jobs for black and Puerto Rican workers. Wow. And in October nineteen sixty three, at a Brooklyn courthouse, she met Malcolm X and boldly inquired if he might support integration. I'm going to leave the story right there. This is a lot to digest. This is a lot to digest. But Yuri Kochiyama, she's pretty controversial. I haven't even got into like the controversial part about her. Her already like fighting for equality. And I think yeah. it says a lot because like I, our generation now, like we have to find these stories, you know? I agree. And I mean, I'm again, I'm speaking from my experiences. Like, I've always felt like as Asian American being of Indian descent, I've always felt like the way our communities are portrayed, like we're all by ourselves, you yeah. know? But the truth is we had activists like Yuri Kochiyama yeah, yeah. that were working with Malcolm X, that were working with like the black community. Right, you know? and we didn't know about it. You, I didn't even know about her till you told me yeah. today. Yeah, and I didn't know about her till I saw the Google doodle of her in 2015. And I was like, who is this? Right. Yeah, and, and again, this is like what I, I hope this podcast can help. I want to tell stories about... Donald Trump wants to say America, like make America great. Like, we're already great. We... We forget, honestly. Yeah. And like, we are where we are right now because we've forgotten our history or we didn't even know our history. Right. You know? I agree. And even with Malcolm X, like, there's a lot of people who, uh, you know, like, there's a lot of misinformation about him as well. Yeah. And so. I know nothing of everyone you mentioned today. Okay. And, well, <laughs> no, I mean, because hello, I grew up in the Philippines. Yeah. So it's completely different. And I feel like growing up, I have to do a lot of catching up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, a lot of... Even just, like, Disney movies, you know? Like, when people would just say, like, oh, have you watched The Lion King? Or, like, some basic movie. Like, I'd be like, no. Yeah. Because I was so focused in trying to learn English. Yeah. Like, you know? There's just so much. I'm, like, so behind. No, you're not behind. <laughs> and, like, I think as Americans, we're learning, like, there's a lot that we have to catch up on. Right. You know? There's a lot we have to know. There's a lot of misinformation. Yeah. And it's scary, too, because, like, you know, now we have, like, this whole, like, new cultural facet about fake news. Mm-hmm. And who can we trust when yeah. we're getting information? Yeah. It's like, who can we trust? You when? just got to listen to all of them. Yeah. How can you? Like, right. information overload. Yeah. Well, guys, thank you so much for following me on my first official episode of American Girl. I hope you join us again. Um, yes, and thank ne- you. Next episode, I'll be finishing the story of Yuri Kochiyama. I just wanted to leave a cliffhanger of her. But thank you for joining me, and I'll thank see you, you soon. Thank you. Bye.